Welcome to the crap and the crazy with Tash Critter. Tash owns Little Wooden Toy Box and is mother of two teens, both with autism, ADHD and PDA. Ten years in early intervention, working with the kids' OTs, speeches and psychologists has given Tash unique insight into understanding difficult behaviours and why they occur, as well as understanding how emotional regulation and sensory input impacts us and our behaviour. This insight has helped Tash design and implement resources and coping strategies to make home life calmer and more organised. Join Tash as she talks about day-to-day -day life with autism, the sucky bits and the wins, plus tips for enjoying life despite the challenges. Hello, welcome to episode 17. This one is about tools and strategies for when you're out and about. So this podcast was a request um, from, I don't know who, someone through our speechy-ish, who I've done podcasts with the last couple of weeks. And... Yeah, the request was tools and strategies for when you're out and about. And I'm like, we don't go out because, yeah, oh, life gets hard sometimes with autism. And, you know, I guess after COVID and the pandemic, so during that, my kids were a bit younger, we used to go out quite a bit for walks around the neighborhood. So we're actually getting out of the house, spending time together. And then they turned into teenagers. And you know, getting him out of the house was very challenging. It turns out we were dealing with health issues as well of low iron and B12, which that has now been sorted and we are starting to venture out the house again. Um, but for someone that's very active or fairly active to be stuck at home with kids that do not want to leave the house. So we were going, other than school, we were going out once a week. So our worlds just became so small. And this is going to be very similar to a lot of other families with kids with autism when it's such a challenge to get them out of the house and it's not just getting them out of the house it's dealing with them when they're out of the house and the social and the routines and if they're runners if they're having meltdowns and then as a parent you're not getting really social interaction from your peers or people your age or your friends because you're constantly dealing with your kids and there's just so much going on anyway so getting back to the point of actual tools and strategies so I'm not sure how effective I'm going to be right now because I, I laughed when Ish told me this one and I said well we just don't go out we we did once maybe um so going back to early early years before diagnosis I suppose um when my boy was so small and he would spend so long screaming each day um, he just wanted to be held. So if you were holding him, he was fine. He was all good. But you can't hold a baby 24-7 as much as I tried. Um, I put him down for the first time for an hour at three months old because we got this, this rocker thing. That was the best thing ever. But at three months old, you've got no clue what you're dealing with. Um, even, it'd be really interesting now, if I had a baby, would you even pick it up? Or like knowing the sensory stuff that I know now. Yeah, anyway, I'm not going to find out. This shop shut. Um, sorry. So yeah, look, there's so many different things you can use, try, depends on your kids, their sensory needs, what sets them off, um, their routines, whether their routines are based on time or order of events, how long you need, um, to give your kid warning before you go somewhere. So in the early days, I used to give my boy a three months heads up. 
Um, and that's not very realistic. So this would be for bigger things, I suppose. We'd start talking about it. Then we eventually, probably around four or five years old, got that down to about a two-week thing. So if there are any appointments coming up, he would need a, a two-week heads up. Um, we now use a calendar system on the board because they can read now. Um, so it's up to them to look at the board. I will still give them a heads up. I probably repeat myself probably 10 to 20 times a day, if not a morning, of what is going to happen either after school if something's changing or something coming up on the weekend. We, we repeat conversations, yeah? Um, so that in itself is a strategy um, to constant. And look, even if it's, so it's not a conversation as such, it's me just being a broken record running through the day what I'm going to do. Or, or what is going to happen. So they are listening, they are aware, um, and it's a safety blanket, I suppose. So it takes out the anxiety. Um, they know exactly what to expect, what it's going to look like. This is where you can use social stories as well um, if it's something that is different. So kids with autism don't like change, yeah? They don't manage change well. Um, and, you know, in the earlier years, change would straight up be a meltdown, yeah? Now it looks like anxiety, irritability. Um, and if we do something that I've forgotten to tell them, I will pay for it, yeah, in behavior um, issues. So closely linked to that, or I suppose it is that, um, is routine. So when mine were really little, it was more my girl that needed picture strips. So for her, they would be very specific. So we didn't have picture strips of get dressed, pack your bag, whatever else. It was the socks, undies, skirt, shirt jumper, whatever the clothing was, it was, it wasn't spelt out, it was in pictures, yeah, and the order of the pictures had to match the order of the clothing that I put on the floor, otherwise she would stand there completely overwhelmed, not able to dress herself, so for her, that's what it looked like, I don't remember doing that for my boy, I don't even remember having picture strips for my boy, that came um, along later, whether I didn't know about it, that could have well been the case, um, I just remember a lot of screaming with my boy, whereas that strategy for my girl worked. The picture strips matched with whatever she had to do in order laid out on the floor, which as a parent, that sounds ridiculous. Like, why? Who does that? But that's a part of parenting autism. It looks different and being okay with that, yeah? And it will take time, lots of trial and error, lots of getting it wrong, and unfortunately lots of meltdowns before you actually find strategies that work. Or you may try one of these and it works perfectly for you, and I really hope that's the case. Um, so I'll try and give you as much as I know, remember, have done in the past, and how that looks different, um, you know, as time passes. So with the picture strips with my girl, I'm pretty sure the next step, and I can't remember that time difference of how long I had to do that for, but then we just had the picture strips. I don't think I had to lay out everything for her. Um, and then must have become confident and independent with that, so we obviously don't use that anymore. So that was a support that once she was confident and I guess had enough experience of doing it day in, day out, um, she was able to do that herself. Now, going back to picking battles, which I tend to go on a lot about, um, 
she would choose so it went with that independence that we were going to wear princess dresses every day all the time in the dirt at the shops so I've got a picture outside um so we're picking up my boy so he would have been five she would have been two beautiful princess dress sitting in the dirt I'm like, yeah. um but for me picking battles she was showing independence she was taking control over what she and this is what toddlers do yeah over what she was wearing and it may have looked awful and didn't go or wasn't practical but we'd worked so hard on her getting dressed that I wasn't going to go undo that, yeah? Pick your battles. And if your kid has, you know, if they've got the wrong socks on and socks with sandals, although that seems to be fashionable at the moment, um, you know, gotta let some things go, yeah? So that, letting things go, is another strategy. Um, as far as food goes, I think that was the same as, so getting her breakfast ready, that had to be lined up and match the picture strips, we don't do that anymore. An area that I have not made progress is washing a spoon. So for whatever reason, the spoons run out before everything else, yeah? So they can have a bowl, no spoon, have everything else ready for breakfast or snack or whatever they're doing, and they will not eat because they will not wash a spoon. Yeah, haven't got there yet. Anyway, um, as far as shopping goes, do it online. Do like At Woolworths, you can just order online and then go reverse up and chuck it in your boot. Um, I obviously my kids are older now still it doesn't take long so as far as leaving your kid in the car I mean you're right there the keys aren't in the car and it's all undercover so not hot um, don't leave your kids in the car that wasn't what I meant to say um, but you know making life easier for yourself instead of getting them out doing the trolley having the visual overwhelm of the lights having the music having the noise um, you having to choose your food and your shopping and whatever else when your kids are screaming or you know all of those things or if you've got runners yeah that's always fun I didn't have to deal with that um but you know there's so much going on when you go shopping and having to manage your kids behavior especially when you've got more than one as well as making choices and going through that whole process online shopping so much easier um that wasn't a thing before was it my little one? Was four or five? So, yeah, shopping for us was fun. I remember them trying to rip each other to pieces, rip me to pieces, screaming, carrying on, but you kind of just had to get through it. Clothing. We'll go back to the clothing for a sec. Um, you know, if you are going out and want to enjoy yourselves, um, making sure you've got those routines in place. So the expectations are set. We know what's coming. So there's you know, there'll still be the anxiety, I guess, but it's reduced. You've done as much as you can to manage that. Clothing, there's so many sensory issues related to clothing. The dramas of putting shoes and socks on every morning, that's like a 45-minute thing every single day. I'm like, you did it yesterday. Why can't you do it today? Why do we have to do this whole thing every single day? But, you know, socks inside out, that makes a massive difference because that seam at the end of your toes is not I don't know, scratchy, annoying, lumpy. Um, finding shoes, the finding shoes, that was an absolute nightmare as well. But if you can, finding ones, look, I've got no suggestions. Um, it, it was just hard. But, you know, investing in seemingly little things and little processes before you go out sets you up for a bit more success. 
Yes. Does that make sense? Um, another one, the princess dresses that I was mentioning before. So putting a singlet underneath, so the scratchy smocking bit, whatever it's called, and the seams, because um, often they use that fishing line kind of thread as well, and it's super scratchy, by having, say, bike shorts or seamless bike shorts and a singlet top underneath, you're not getting the scratchy bits on your skin. Yeah? So thinking about little things like this, so like what is actually setting off my kid to start with and look even that takes time when the screaming from one thing's blending into the next thing it's very hard to identify what's actually causing the issues but once you again through trial and error um, start to work out what is setting your kid off you can put little things in place that yes they may take more time they're things that you may feel that you shouldn't have to do but doing them will set you and your kid up for success later yeah, going to the shops with a little backpack stuffed with um, uh, sand bean bags, so bean bags filled with sand or something a little bit heavy will add that proprioception, so that pressure to your little one. That can help. We had the pressure clothing as well, so the super tight, um, it was like a singlet shirt, I think. Um, so my boy had them. I don't think my girl liked them as well liked them at all is what I'm trying to say. So for her, any elastic, anything tight on her body would make her throw up in the car, um, especially when you've got tight pants on and then you're bent over in the car seat. That was enough to have her throw up. And there's, there's nothing like a trip to Ikea when your kid's yacked in the car on the freeway halfway there and, you know, not great. Yes, it took me months, if not years, to realise why and it was clothing so now even now clothing does not have anything tight it's all elastic breathable movable um and being careful of the seams for bras tags so tags come off but tags often leave that so we cut tags off yeah um but they often leave that scratchy bit at the side you can get I think it's, it may be the wrong word, I think it's kinesthetic sports tape. So, you know, when you've done your shoulder or ankle or whatever and they tape it all up, well, gym people. Um, so you can use that on your clothing. So I'll use it on tags. You know, when you've got that side seam tag and the, the scratchy bits don't come out because if you rip it, you bust the seams. Um, I put tape over that on bras as well, tape over the tags or the scratchy bits or the lumpy bits. That works really well. Um, Learning what fabrics work and don't work. And if you've got sensory issues, which I clearly do, um, it doesn't mean that what I react to as far as fabrics go is what my kids react to. Um, my boy, no, no, we pretty well do loose and elastic all the way around. Um, he has maybe worn jeans when he was four. Otherwise, it's tracky dacks or shorts. Um, yeah, and again, picking your battles. So when you're going out in tracky dacks, Nah. Um, but you know, you're better off going out in tracky dacks and happy and functioning rather than in jeans having a meltdown. Like really, what's better at the end of the day? Noise cancelling headphones and iPads are really good tools and strategies. As much as I am not a fan of the kids being on the iPads all the time, it's it's a tool. It's a coping strategy. Um, having the noise cancelling headphones as well. Um, and look, this is big for me when you're going out, you're supposed to be social. Um, your kids, 
should be playing with other kids, but mine aren't going to. They're, they're just not. And if they don't have um, those tools and strategies in place, they're going to be at me, literally at me, on top of me, bouncing off of me, telling me how much they want to go home, how much they don't enjoy it, that sort of thing. Yeah. So that's what social looks like for us, which we don't tend to do it that much. Um, but look, in a perfect world, my kids would play and interact and run around and, you know, yeah, interact, have social interactions with other human beings. But that is not what life looks like for us. Um, and, you know, being okay with that, but you also get a lot of flack from other people. Um, well, I guess I haven't, but that's probably something I'm aware of as well. Um, you know, my kids aren't behaving the same as yours. So I guess, you know, as a parent dealing with those social interactions, so your kids in a social interaction, as well as your social interactions, when other parents have expectations that don't match your expectations. Yeah, that's always fun. I, I don't have a huge amount of tools, strategies, suggestions there other than you kind of get a thick skin pretty quickly. And, you know, having that confidence in yourself of I don't have to be what other people want me to be or my kids don't have to be what other people want me to be. And that's that's not something easy to do as well. And you will have better days than others, I guess. Um, yeah, not sure what else I have to add there, but that that's a sucky part and that is hard to deal with. Um, you know, when your kids are licking the walls and all the other kids are playing and then do I have to explain why my kid's licking the walls or do I just let that go? And I guess you don't, you don't have to explain yourself. Um, and I guess, again, picking your battles, what's important to you, explaining yourself to someone else. And it's very different defending yourself versus I'm educating someone else of why this looks the way it does. So I guess that depends on the other person's, um, how they're actually interacting with you, whether they want to learn and understand or whether they're judging. Don't judge other parents. It's not useful. As far as going out and finding fun stuff to do with your kids, um, that's going to look different for every family. For us, we learned very quickly that play centers are not our thing. Too many kids, too much noise, too many people, um, and easy to get lost. So I don't know whether you're dealing with this as well, but that separation anxiety is a big thing. So when they can't see you, then that anxiety sets in, um, and then you add sensory overwhelm to that and you're pretty much right off, yeah? So for us, Bunnings, Bunnings was the best place ever. We did it for years. So after um, kindy, pre-primary, our outing would be Bunnings and Officeworks was next door and they have those little trolleys. So we would just walk around with the little trolleys and then we get a milkshake and there's a little playground there as well. And that is what we did for an outing. So my boy loves spinny things. Um, my dad used to take him, so he's got a vending machine business, to FAL, cash and carry, whatever the big warehouse place is where it sells lots of chips and chocolate and whatnot. And they've got a massive fan. So my boy used to love going there because there was a huge fan. So for us, it's not a play center. It's not the pool or somewhere where other kids would have Fun. My kids had fun at different places. And, you know, again, 
being okay with that and trying different things till you find what works for you. Yeah. I don't know of any other family that would go to office works or Bunnings. I mean, maybe there's some out there um, for fun. Yeah. I mean, I go for fun still, but for little kids to go there for fun and, and yeah, just walk up and down the aisles because it's quieter. It's calmer. The lighting in Bun- uh, Bunnings is different as well. It's a bit brighter in office works, but still they, they just love, I think possibly, I think it was Bunnings for them. Office works for me because I love stationery. Yeah. Uh, but they did have the little trolley so that that worked. And then finding places. So if you do need something, um, negotiating on where you go so that it works for all of you. I can't think of anything else right now. I would do better if someone was asking me. If you have questions around this, please contact me. I will stick my email in this podcast. Um, yeah, because I will, I'll probably just repeat myself if I continue now, but there's like 10 years of worth of stuff in here. Ask me questions. Um, if there's anything else on another topic that you would like to know, let me know. I would love to do it and it helps me as far as content goes as well. All right, going to stop talking. I will talk to you soon and see you next week. Bye.